Welcome to the Hang 'em Up Sports Report podcast, where you get your weekly sports updates, news, facts, opinions, and more. If you're listening on Spotify, hit the follow button, or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, hit the subscribe button, leave a rate, and review. Make sure you go check out the Twitter page and drop a follow on there at Hang 'em Up SRP. Now, enough of all that, let's get into what you really want to hear. everyone welcome back to the podcast i have not done an episode in a little bit but what better way to kind of get back into it the night before draft night the big day tomorrow today i'm joined by my recurring guest jesse what's up jesse what's going on man excited to do a little draft preview i know we uh we killed the last one we did so we did. Just, uh, we did kill the last yeah. one. The last one was on February 1st, which seems like forever ago. We did a little bit of a Super Bowl uh, preview and also a little mock draft to, wow, it's almost three months ago. Um, and the night before draft night, which is happening tomorrow, it's pretty much drastically changed, I would say, um, since when we did, since, you know, the last time we did that kind of uh, mock back on February 1st. So, Let's talk a little bit more about that today. Um, I know that we're going to go ahead and compare, you know, some of our previous kind of choices in that in that video and that podcast that we did. Um, and we're also going to go ahead and compare two mock drafts from the experts, Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay with this one. So, Jesse, why don't you start us off here? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, kind of what we did before was we went 1 through 19 with uh, our players, but a lot of trades has happened. Obviously, the big trade with uh, the Dolphins and Eagles, uh, and then that trade with the Niners really changed things up as well. Then moving up to three, so uh, you know the the first two picks are pretty solidified. I think everyone knows Trevor Lawrence is going to go to the Jaguars, uh, and Zach Wilson is going to go to the Jets. Uh, you know, originally we kind of thought Fields might go to the Jets, but he's kind of fallen back, and somehow Mac Jones has really reached back up to three, where the Niners, uh, everyone expects them to take him, and that's where we get the first kind of, you know, who's who. There's three quarterbacks there that could really go at three, and no one really knows what's going to happen. Right. So that's actually really interesting. You bring that up. We did say we did say previously that Justin Fields, you know, had the potential to go into that big market with the Jets with the two pick. But from what we're hearing, pretty much um, Zach Wilson is pretty much solidified to the Jets, barring any kind of unforeseen changes. And like you said, the Niners with that three pick are kind of, you know, they're 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 going to choose a quarterback. We don't know which one. There's a heavily debated – it's being heavily debated right now among fans, among experts, among everybody. And, you know, I don't think Justin Fields is so much in play at the number three spot, although he definitely can be. I'm not saying that he's not. But I think right now, I think it's between Mac Jones and Trey Lance. And I know you have a, a very, you know, not a strong opinion on this as to who they'll take, but you kind of think this argument's getting a little silly and a little tiring. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's absolutely gone, like, sideways. I mean, there's not any other way to describe that it's just a dumb conversation to have. I mean, 
I would personally not take Mac Jones as three. I don't think he has that high ceiling that Trey Lance or Justin Fields has. And I think everyone agrees with that. But at the same time, all these people are like, well, Trey Lance is better. Well, he hasn't played much. Or Justin Fields is better than Mac Jones right now. Well, you know, they play head-to-head and Mac Jones beat them. And Fields has had very inconsistent play. That game against Northwestern, he was, you know, to put it blunt, he was just god-awful. He looked like he shouldn't be drafted in the, the draft at all, let alone the first round. And so that inconsistency makes me think that, well, if, you know, Kyle Shanahan moves up to three and thinks Mac Jones is the best quarterback right now, like he shouldn't get knocked for taking him. But at the same time, I understand that he's not the best. But this whole argument is like, oh, they're three good quarterbacks. If Kyle Shanahan believes he can find a gem in Mac Jones, then let him take him. I just don't understand why that's the main talking point when I would rather get into the more interesting stuff like all the receivers that could get drafted. I think that is – the highlight of this draft and it's been kind of thrown away with all this quarterback talk. Right. I agree. Um, I agree with that. I don't think that, you know, Mac Jones is, you know, if they believe in Mac Jones, they believe in Mac Jones. I don't think that there should be too much of a kind of hoopla with this, with this, and this shouldn't be kind of like, you know, the main focus on the draft, like you just said. So I think Trey Lance is very much in play for the Niners as I do Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is probably, for from what we're hearing right now, the pick for the Niners at three. But let's move past that and let's kind of get into, you know, the the wide receiver situation that, you know, you just talked about and you just mentioned. Because when we're comparing Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay's, you know, mock draft, their latest mock draft that they released it, that they just released – Pretty much one through four, they have the same thing. They have Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, and Kyle Pitts going one through four in that order. Kyle Pitts, of course, going to the Falcons. Now, where things get interesting is with the five picks, starting with the Bengals, where we see some, you know, pretty much five through the rest of the the mock draft is kind of, you know, very different between these two analysts. So let me go ahead and start off. Let's start off with uh, the Bengals. Let me get your thoughts on it, and let's let, let me see what you kind of are thinking uh, starting at number five here. Yeah, so I really think they need to take Penny. So I think you're in agreement with me, and that's something we talked about uh, in the previous podcast. And then obviously Kuiper has them taking Sewell. Uh, I kind of agree with McShay that Jamar Chase would be hiding there for the Bengals. That's who he has them taking. Uh, I mean, just Joe Burrow needs that that left tackle that's going to protect them. I think it's very interesting, though, that some of these trades that kind of goes after five with six. Uh, Mel Kuyper has the Falcons moving back to six and taking Trey Lance, and that kind of is a head-scratcher to me. Uh, I don't really like these these trades that are on these mock drafts. I, we've, we've talked about this before. It's kind of just head-scratching moves because – why would the Dolphins then move up to four to take Kyle Pitts? I mean, they could sit back at six and get a lot of those receivers. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts because I think this run of receivers is the best part of this draft. And obviously Sewell is probably going to be in between some of that, but I think he rightfully deserves that as well. No, I think, I think you're hundred percent right. You're hundred percent right. And I think that, you know, personally, I think the Bengals would be pretty dumb to pass up on Sewell. I think he's the best offensive lineman in this draft. 
Um, he has the best kind of, you know, makeup of an offensive lineman in this draft. I think Slater comes pretty close, who will probably get picked top 10 as well, in my opinion. But I think the Bengals, they have some pretty good options right now, um, you know, in their receiving core. And, you know, Jamar Chase would help them out a lot for sure. But, I mean, Joe Burrow got hurt in year one. And that if that's not a telltale sign that, you know – making your quarterback feel comfortable and saying, hey, we're going to make a conscious effort to protect you. I think it would just be dumb to pass up on Sewell at number five, um, who's the best offensive lineman in this draft. Jamar Chase, like you said, could bring excitement. But, yes, this this wide receiver run with Chase, Smith, and Waddle, it's going to be so interesting to see how that plays out. So, um, you know, moving past the Bengals at number six is the Dolphins. And like you said, Kuiper made kind of a bold prediction saying that the Dolphins and Falcons would switch those four and six picks so the Dolphins can go ahead and take Kyle Pitts. That doesn't make sense to me either, as you mentioned. And I'm kind of agreeing with uh, McShay here because he has Devontae Smith going to the Dolphins. And I think that's a viable pick at number six for the Dolphins. I think that Devontae Smith, you know, he's coming off the Heisman. He's electric. His his build, you know, he's he's a very lanky guy. I think he doesn't even crack 170 pounds, which is kind of worrisome. But with his playmaking ability, I think he's definitely, you know, going to do a lot of great stuff in this league. So the Dolphins taking him at six makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and then, you know, the difference between these two mock drafts here, between Kuiper and McShay, are just uh, – it's just switched around. These the, the 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 wide receivers here are switched around. So McShay has Jamar Chase going to the Bengals at five, Devontae Smith at six to the Dolphins, and then he has Jalen Waddle at seven to the Lions. What, what what's what's your thoughts on on the the shakeup of of the order of these wide receivers? Yeah, I mean, if that goes like that, it makes perfect sense. I think Chase is the best receiver, then Smith, then Waddle, and then. I mean, Pitts has gotten all the hype. If he's a tight end receiver, I don't really know. If he's getting that hype, draft him at four. Uh, I, I, at that point, I could care less what people what people think about him, what position-wise. If you think he's that good, take him at four. So, yeah, I think that would make a lot of sense. I think once we get past seven at the Lions, I think the Lions are really going to have to look at receiver. I think they draft one. I think eight through 11 is where it's kind of dependent on – like trades and stuff like that. Obviously they don't even know about the trade that just happened. This was before the Panthers traded Teddy Bridgewater. So if the Panthers want to draft a quarterback fields, maybe there and that might be the guy for them. And so then I don't think Devonte Smith goes eight at the Panthers, the way Kuiper says, right. Or Trey Lance uh, at nine to the Broncos. I don't even know if he's going to be there. So I, Towards the end of this draft, they were making a lot of bold trades, and I think they lost sight of a lot of these quarterbacks might not be there. Uh, and some of these receivers may end up even falling back more if uh, some of these teams take a quarterback. Yeah, I agree. And it's just so tough because the draft, and this is every single year, there's so many proposed trades, and it's contingent on who's, you know, what happens in the first, you know, five to six picks. And no one really knows. Like no one's, no one knows really who's who the Niners are going to draft. Trey Lance could be off the board there, or he could still be in play at six, seven, eight. You know, to the Panthers, whatever. Um, as you just mentioned, and so 
you know, Kuiper has the Panthers. Well, both of these these kind of dra- uh, you know mock drafts between these two experts are Devontae Smith falling to the Panthers at a wide receiver option, and then Patrick Sertain, cornerback uh, out of Alabama, going to the Panthers at eight. But like you said, if Justin Fields somehow magically drops, they just traded Teddy Bridgewater. They need a quarterback. Justin Fields can very much be in play there. So that's a very valid point. So um, Broncos at nine. Kuiper has Micah Parsons. And, you know, uh, McShay has Trey Lance still being on the board to the Broncos. If the Broncos don't have a quarterback option at number nine, who do you see them taking? Do you agree with Micah Parsons or do you see someone else going there? Yeah, I mean, I can ultimately see them taking another wide receiver too. Like, say, if Waddle falls there or Smith, uh, they could do a lot of things. They need help on the offensive side. They have good receivers. So, I mean, it's just whatever's on the board, best position. Michael Parsons is who I had before going to the Broncos. Uh, actually, take that back. I had. Did not have that. I had Mac Jones. You had Mac Jones. You had yeah. Mac Jones. I was gonna so say. that's that's a mistake on my part. I don't know. I mean, the Broncos can do whatever. They've been poorly run the last couple of years in search of a quarterback. I think if Trey Lance is there, that would be perfect for them. I doubt he's there. Maybe Justin Fields is there. So um, let me get this straight. So honestly, you said Mac Jones to the Broncos way back when we did this in February. If Mac Jones escapes – you know, the 49ers, and I don't see any team taking him in between the Niners pick if they pass him up for Trey Lance. Say Trey Lance is off the board at three. In between then, do you think the Broncos and and say Justin Fields goes eight to the Panthers? Let's just say hypothetically. I don't think that Mac Jones is out of the question for the Broncos at number nine. I don't I know you just said that it was kind of stupid for you to say that, but was it really? Because I don't think that Drew Locke is going to be a long-term solution. I don't think they're that confident in him. But it's just kind of this game they have to play, whether they want to take a chance on Mac Jones there or they want to build around their team. Like I said, Kuiper had Micah Parsons going to them. I originally had Patrick Sertain going to them at number nine. But obviously with Todd McShay's draft, he has Sertain going to the Panthers. There's so many things that they can do, and we'll see Washington football team when we get to them at number 19. They have a lot of options they can do, uh, they can take as well. But I don't think that, you know, Mac Jones could be in the Broncos uniform for all we know, right? Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense, and that would ultimately be right with what I predicted about three months ago, which is kind of crazy. I I struggle with them taking Mac Jones. I feel like they don't really know what they're doing because they just traded for Bridgewater. I think Drew Locke is out of there. I think he's going to be a trade on draft night. Uh, then they will take a quarterback. I have. I feel like they're more going to try to take a quarterback in the second round. Mm-hmm. Maybe a Davis Mills type. Uh, if that's even his name from Stanford. I, at this point, there's so many names on the, on the board we're looking at. But they could do a lot of things. I think maybe... At nine, if you see one of those quarterbacks fall, nine or ten is a spot that the Patriots might jump up and try to trade. So the Broncos could get lucky. They could get a couple of assets if, say, the right quarterback that the Patriots wants falls there, and they can move back. Right. And maybe they could gain a second or third round pick, and then they can draft that quarterback with that pick. So, I mean, they're in a good position. Just they've been mismanaged greatly on the offense, which is funny because John Elway runs them 
And for them to be a defensive team for the whole time he's been there uh, is, is the most confusing thing in all of sports. Yeah, that's pretty ironic to me, too. So so we're talking about 9, 10, and 11. It, those are the prime spots that the Patriots could target. The Patriots are sitting at number 15 right now. The 9, 10, and 11, which br- 9 Broncos, 10 Cowboys, 11 Giants, are all viable options if the Patriots wished to jump up and take a quarterback. Um, moving past the Broncos, let's go to the Cowboys, who are sitting at pick number 10 right now. The the less controversial of the two is Todd McShay, and he has them taking J.C. Horn, a cornerback out of South Carolina, I believe, um, which is a good pick for them. It's a good pick for them. They need defensive help. Um, J.C. Horn would definitely fall into the category of a need for the Cowboys. And, you know, in Mel Kuyper's mock draft, as you just mentioned, that he has the Patriots trading uh, up and swapping picks with the Cowboys and taking Justin Fields at 10. Now, I don't think Justin Fields makes it there just because I think that the Panthers would pull the trigger on him if he were to escape the first seven picks. Um, so that's where it gets a little bit tricky. So just to sum it up, McShay has J.C. Horn, cornerback, going to the Cowboys at 10, which is Funny point to bring up because not really funny. It's kind of unfortunate, but I had Caleb Farley in my original mock draft, um, you know, three months back going to the Cowboys at 10. Now, you know, if you haven't heard, if you're listening to this and you haven't heard Caleb Farley's injuries, you know, there's been some late, late injury news for him, latest updates. um, And with the extent of his injuries still kind of plaguing him, they're saying that he might fall to mid mid to late first round. And he's definitely a top 10, top 15, you know, pick talent. Um, but it's just unfortunate that he's dealing with this and that he might, you know, his draft stock might fall. So the Cowboys can do pretty much, I don't know, they could trade back with the Patriots or they can just take J.C. Horn like uh, Todd McShay was talking about. Um, and then moving on to 11, my Giants, there's a lot of options that we can pursue here too. And it's all contingent on what's happening before because there's a lot of guys that they're rumored to be interested you know, in right now. Um, some names to throw out is Sewell, if he drops. Uh, Rayshon Slater, if he's there as well. Waddle, if he drops. Um, and notice how the recurring pattern, what I'm saying is if these guys drop is a big if. Um, and you know, there was, there was, you know, some speculation that the Patriots also might switch. I think it was Todd McShay. It was Todd McShay who, you know, kind of made that mock trade Patriots switching with the giants in order to move up to pick 11 where they would take Justin Fields at 11. It's just so funny to see these trades and these mock drafts because they're just like, just mind blowing. I don't think Justin Fields is going to be there at 11. Do you? No, and if a team thinks he's dropping, they might move up to eight or nine and pick him. Right. I don't think you could wait around for the Giants at 11. That would be perfect for the Giants. It, the Cowboys and Giants are in a position where they're kind of saying, hey, we need guys to fall to us that we want. I think them taking J.C. Horn would be a mistake because he's kind of a reach. Like, the Cowboys would, would be wanting Patrick Chertain to drop to 10. That would be perfect for them. Right. The Giants really want Jalen Waddle to drop, I think. Right. 
Uh, I think even if Justin Fields needs to get traded, if Jalen Waddle is there at 11, I don't think you guys drop back. You want him badly. So, I mean, it's a good – it's kind of a catch-22 because it's a good position to be in where you guys want – you want guys to fall, which ultimately will happen. At least one or one of your top three targets is bound to fall to you. But you could also be missing out on assets if you don't trade back. Right. So – it's interesting to see what they do. I think 10 and 11 are great opportunities for trade back. I could see the Cowboys easily doing it. I really don't see the Giants doing it, though. Right. I think there's too many weapons you guys would be passing up if you move back. There's too many weapons we'll be passing up. And as it's pretty well known and documented that Dave Gettleman, the GM of the Giants, in his tenure so far, he's had plenty of opportunities to trade back and hasn't done it once. And he did an interview where he said that you know, he's had opportunities to trade back, but he felt like he used the word, he literally used the word fleece. He said that he felt like he was getting fleeced on, you know, these trade backs. So he just didn't take them and he stuck with the original pick. I think he does it again. I think the Giants stay at 11. I think Waddle is very much in play if they do stay at 11. And if he's there, Devontae Smith, same thing. It just depends on how the wide receiver room shakes out prior to the Giants pick, but I wouldn't be opposed to trading back if Gettleman can feel like he gets the right package. But like you said, if we do trade back, if the Giants do trade back with, say, let's say the Patriots and go to number 15, you are missing out on weapons that we can easily be bolstering our offense with. And at that point, we'd have to probably go defense, in which I think the pick would be um, Kuwaiti Pay from Michigan. Um and an edge rusher, just because that would be just be a typical Gettleman pick. But I, it's just it's hard too because the Giants aren't only run by Gettleman now. Joe Judge has more power over the or has as much power over the pick as Gettleman, in my opinion, from what I'm hearing and how that organization is kind of you know uh, kind of distributing the power and kind of say with these picks. So interesting to see Cowboys, Broncos, Cowboys, and Giants are viable options to go ahead and trade back with. Um, the Patriots or whoever else would want to move up into one of those positions. Moving forward, um, we can talk about the Washington football team. They're sitting at pick 19. This is your team. What are you hearing? What do you like? And what do you want them to do? Yeah, I mean, this is a funny like spot, I think, because originally I kind of knew where they are going to go probably a month or two ago before a lot of these signings. I really thought they would go for a wide receiver. Or they would straight up trade that pick for uh, to get in like a quarterback sweepstakes, like uh, for Stafford or someone. But now, since we kind of, you know, we shirt up receiver, and we could still take Kadarius Tony, but we kind of already have a guy like that, right? Uh, and then I mean, we could take middle linebacker, which is a hole we have. I mean, I just don't really know about the guys that could possibly fall there, like Jeremiah Owusu's, who Kuiper has us taking. And honestly, another mock draft I found, Kuiper had us taking Jamin Davis out of Kentucky. And I really just don't know much about either one of those guys. I think there's a slim chance that they're hoping out that Parsons will fall to them. And if he falls, you have to take him immediately. Or maybe even if he's there 15, 16, you trade up. You know, you give a fourth or a fifth round or move up three spots and take Parsons. It would be a great steal there. So, I mean, there's a lot of ways to go. I mean, they're kind of contingent on people falling back, too. 
but they have limited opportunities. I think they're trying to get an offensive tackle and middle linebacker. I don't like the middle linebacker options outside of Parsons. So I guess Christian Darisol is the pick. Uh, I don't – I know he played pretty well for Virginia Tech. I, he's just not an elite offensive tackle, in which if you're drafting a tackle in the first round, I want an elite guy. He's more of a solid player, probably a late – mid-late 20s pick, and maybe we would reach on him. Uh, ultimately, I don't really know what's going to happen, which makes it exciting as a fan. Kind of makes it more frustrating, though, that – it's not going to be a position we can really target an elite player at. Right. Now, that is 100% accurate. And I really don't think Michael Parsons will drop. You know, like you mentioned, the most viable option if they wanted to pursue Michael Parsons is hope that he falls into those that 14, 15, 16, maybe slot. But this guy is an absolute beast. Like, Michael Parsons is is just phenomenal. I don't see him dropping that far and I'll be really, you know, on edge if the if he gets kind of, you know, if he starts dropping and Washington football team kind of makes a play at him because I don't I don't want the Giants to be facing that guy. I'd rather have him on my team. I'd rather, you know, if all if all else fails just take Michael Parsons not at 11 probably with the amount of offensive options they have, but if they do trade back and Michael Parsons is there at 15, let's say if they trade back with the Patriots, take him at 15 immediately, in my opinion, because I'm big on that guy. And I know he's had some off the field kind of questions and issues surrounding him. I'm not sure what the updates are that with that or how serious that really is, because I just didn't, haven't really looked into it. But that guy is an absolute like phenomenal you know, player, physique, just speed, everything. He has it. Um, but like you said, I agree now that they have, you know, they picked up, um, you know, Curtis Samuel. I don't think that wide receiver is still in play, although it could be, like you said, Kadarius Tony, you know, Elijah Moore. I had bait. I mean, I, I, I saw Bateman as an option, but now it's looking like Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota is going to be dropping probably to like the mid twenties, in my opinion, um, with the amount of late first round wide receiver talent there is. But it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. I was really surprised at Mel Kuyper kind of mocking, um, not mocking as in ridiculing, obviously, but um, having uh, Sewell drop to 13 to the Chargers. I don't, I don't see how Sewell drops that far. It just doesn't make any sense to me, really. You mean McShay having him drop? McShay, no, no, it was. Oh, it was McShay. Yes, it yeah, was. it was McShay. My fault. Yeah, I don't really get that either. I mean, Chargers need a tackle, uh, and I think Kuiper had them taking Slater, and for some reason McShay just has Sewell dropping there, and then uh, Slater goes the next pick. I don't know who's picking fourteen. I would. I think it's uh, the Vikings. I think it's the Vikings. Yeah, yeah. So the Vikings would take him there. I, yeah, I don't really know. Uh, you know, Slayer's the guy that, you know, we were talking about at 19 for the football team. If he dropped there, that would be an awesome pick. I just don't see him dropping that far. I think the Chargers will take Slater or Sewell. And if Sewell falls there, I think that would be a joke of every single team in the draft because I think Sewell is good enough to be the number one overall pick. Yeah, but 100%. Obviously, yeah. And I think, you know, my Giants are sitting there at 11. I don't care about – at that point, really, with the way our offensive line is shaping up as of right now and where it stands, 
I don't care about, you know, Waddle if he drops. I don't care about Smith if he drops. I'm taking Sewell right off the bat immediately at 11 if he falls there. Um, and like I said, the Giants were rumored to be wanting to trade up to take Sewell if he does drop. And it's just it's just funny to see that on McShay's mock because, like, three months ago, we were, there was heavy news about Bengals wanting to uh, take Sewell at number five or even trade up or, uh, you know, just taking a not trade up because they're going to stay at the five pick. I don't think they're going to trade it, but just taking. No, Slater. but you're, you're right. There was mention that they could trade up to take Sewell and they can move up yes. to three, four or three. Yes, because or, they were worried about the Dolphins maybe picking them. Right. Okay. Yes. Correct. That's that's right. Yeah. So it just makes I don't know. I think McShay and his and his uh you know draft board here. I think that he kind of overlooked that. I think. You know, I don't know what he was thinking really, but I don't think Sewell uh, is going to fall to 13 at the, you know, you know, at the hands of the Chargers. But like I said, stranger things have happened. This is this is you know about 24 hours, give or take, um, to the draft. It's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. There's going to be last minute trades. Um, that's almost certain. We, we just don't know what's going to happen. Is there anything else, you know, bef- before we kind of wrap this up? Uh, that you wanted to kind of see that that pokes your eye over here, or 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 no? Uh, I mean, the only thing would be if quarterbacks for our two teams. I could really see, you know, second or third round, either the football team or the Giants could end up taking somebody. Now I know you guys love to say you're sold on Daniel Jones, but I have a feeling Gettleman may be trying to take a flyer on someone, maybe not in the second or third round. That might be more of the football team. Right. But someone third, fourth round, maybe a Kellen Mund. I think Kellen Mund has high ceiling, really low floor. But if you get a guy like him, you kind of mold him for a couple of years, and he could be that big shot you guys have been looking for for a long time. So I'll be looking for that. So I heard about I heard about him, and – I think that, you know, with all the QB kind of speculation so far in the first round, I was hearing that his stock might actually be going up. So I'm sure he makes it to day two, but I'm just not sure. Do you do you see anybody on the second day kind of like taking him? Is that where he's kind of slated right now? Because I haven't really heard too much about, about him um, and where he's kind of fallen right now. Yeah, so for me, like Davis Mills, uh, I I think that's the dude's last name from Stanford. <laughs> if I'm wrong, someone at me on Twitter or something. But, uh, I mean, Kellen Mond is later than Davis Mills. I think Davis Mills is second, third round. He's going to be that first quarterback taken day two. I really think Kellen Mond is still going to fall to round three. Uh, I don't think a team will take him in the second round just because he's not very polished at all and or waste a second round pick on him would be kind of foolish but a third round pick would probably be exactly where it should be sweet awesome that's good to know um i'm excited for this draft like i said um i'm excited not only for the giants but i'm just excited to see how everything's going to shake shake up in comparison to what we kind of are are seeing right now and what we originally predicted back on february 1st um jesse it was always, you know, it's always great to talk to you, um, especially with these kind of draft episodes. It's just something that's really exciting. And um, I know you're a big college football, you know, fan and you keep up. And uh, it's really good to hear your kind of 
takes on what's going to happen. So I appreciate you hopping on the podcast. Thank you. And I'm sure I'm going to you know, be hearing from you soon. You'll be back on. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to hop on and looking forward to see how the draft shakes out tomorrow. All right, brother. I'll catch you later. Thank you so much.